0: If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman.
1: Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my guest expert is an author, podcaster, writing coach, and ghostwriter. Kevin Johns grew up reading comic books, watching horror movies, and playing guitar in punk rock bands. He's published six books, ghostwritten several more, and helped hundreds of writers from around the world get their ideas out of their head, onto the page, and into readers' hands. He's the host of the Writing Coach podcast and co-host of Write Along Radio. So Kevin, Welcome to the show, and thank you for being this week's special guest, expert, and mentor.
0: It is all my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm really excited to be here and speaking with you and uh, getting to interact or uh, share some knowledge with your listeners. Well, that's great. So
1: let's get started, because I would love you to introduce our listeners to this whole concept of ghostwriting, what it is, and how it works.
0: Certainly. I think there's a misconception out there that a ghostwriter is disingenuous, that that it's someone trying to pass off someone else's work as their own, as almost akin to plagiarism or, or something like when that's not the reality at all. A ghostwriter is simply someone who works with an author, with the author whose name ends up being on the work to help them get that piece of writing created, whether it's a blog post or an article or a white paper, or in a lot of instances that I'm working on, a book-length project. And so it's really a collaboration between me and my client. And usually, they are someone who is very successful in some aspect of their lives, whether they're a coach or an entrepreneur or all sorts of different people that I work with. But generally, they're very successful. And Successful people, time is extremely precious to them. And so while they usually have great knowledge and have a really great message to share with the world, they don't necessarily have the skill set to get it down on paper in as efficient a way as they might like. And they also, they're charging, you know, $300 $300 an hour as a consultant, it's very difficult for them to justify carving out the amount of time it would take to write a book strictly on their own. And so these type of people often turn to a ghostwriter to assist them in the crafting of their writing. And in at the end of the day, that's it. It's nothing secret or sleazy or or whatever. It's simply someone with a message to share with the world, uh, hiring someone to help them get that message out there. And that's what I do with my clients.
1: One of the big things I know with writing for somebody else is getting into that person's voice. How do you go about doing that?
0: I believe that voice is something that people worry about too much a lot of the time, whether it's the ghostwriting clients that I have or the writing clients that I work with. I also work as a writing coach, as you said. And a lot of the time writers, especially new writers, are very concerned with issues of voice. And a lot of the time when people are talking about issues of voice, they're thinking specifically of stylistic flourishes in some manner of their writing, whether it's they don't use quotation marks or whatever. Everyone has their own little stylistic flourish that they think defines them as a writer. But what I've found as a coach, as well as a ghost writer, is that what really defines a writer's voice is their message. It's their unique perspective on the world. And this is why I think it's funny when novelists working on their first book are are so concerned about their voice because in my own experience as a novelist it's only now after I've written three novels that I'm able to look at these three books and pick out The similarities in themes, in styles, in approach, in the way I see the world. And I really see my voice as an author emerging, not from any one particular way I construct a sentence, but from the issues and themes that I return to time and time again in my fiction writing. And so when I'm working with my ghostwriting clients... It's really about capturing their unique perspective, capturing the special way that they see the world and that they communicate that message to their readers. And I've found in my experience that when I'm able to capture that, then there isn't any concerns of voice. You know, we've I've never had a discussion with a client after I've produced a draft where we've needed to discuss this topic of voice at all. You know, what we're focused on is, is this the best chapter it can be? Is it entertaining? Is it drawing in the reader? Did we communicate what we wanted to communicate? And I think the reason I don't have too many of those voice conversations is that really at its heart, what we think of as a voice and what superficially comes across as style at times is really actually embedded deeper in the writing. It's that beating heart and soul of what you have to communicate with the world. And that's really what voice is to me. And that's what I look to capture as a ghostwriter.
1: Yes. So I know, for instance, when I've had to hire a ghostwriter, to help me let's say with chapters in a book that I didn't care to write so <laughs> about that I'm got a very down to earth nuts and bolts technique type style about my writing so if somebody starts very airy fairy and stories and I'm like that's not me it's sure. got to be down to earth so yes
0: I think it's common amongst many of the ghostwriters, at least the ones I've spoken with in my circles, is that usually there's some sort of interview process going on where unless it's a project where I'm working from a bunch of existing material, and that happens sometimes, someone might have An existing course or workshop that they want to turn into a book, in which case I'm often primarily working from the existing materials. But even in that case, I certainly am in frequent communication with my clients, but often entire chapters or whole books can be developed just through the interview process between me and the client and i'm recording what they have to say and then taking those words and turning them into the draft and so that process certainly ensures that i'm on track in terms of the way a certain person sees the world and again as i said it's not so much in the specific phrasing but in their general approach to the world whether they're a nuts and bolts type of person or whether they are a airy fairy, uh, you know, head in the clouds type of person.
1: I remember when I first had a ghostwriter, there was this sort of sense of guilt that somebody else was writing this and
0: it wasn't me. Have you come across that before? The biggest thing I actually get from my clients is not that my impression is the biggest sort of worry that my ghostwriting clients are dealing with is that they're not authors. That It's the same thing my writing clients go through, actually. It's that self-consciousness, that concern that what if it's not good enough? What if what I have to say doesn't connect with people? And am I really a writer? And part of my process of working with them is to make it clear to them that they are writers. And just because I'm working with them doesn't in any way take away from the work and the effort and the insight that they put into making that book happen. And so it's not the guilt that I've seen just so much of as the fear, the fear that every writer deals with in terms of, can I really do this? Can I put out a book under my name and have people like it? And I think that's something every writer can relate to, right?
1: Yes, very much so. I've been through that many times. Want to get something out there and I was like, is it good enough to get
0: out there? And the scary thing is that never goes away because the more work you do – you know, the better taste you develop, the more critical eye you have, and also the more you want to push yourself as an artist and a creator, right? And so there's never, you never ever reach that point where you're like, ah, I'm great. You know, I don't have to really worry anymore. I mean, I think as artists, as creative people, and as anyone, you know, trying to improve, we're constantly, you know, second guessing ourselves. And I think there's a balance that you need to strike there between pushing yourself to do the best work that you can possibly do, but at the same time, you know, not serving as a roadblock to your own success.
1: What about actually working with the author and finding that they're procrastinating and getting that author just a kickstart so that you can work with them in the most efficient and effective way? What are some of
0: the techniques you use? That is a great question because that is something That surprised me when I got into this business because hiring a ghostwriter, especially a ghostwriter to write a full book for you isn't cheap. And I was surprised that people who hired me for a significant amount of money were still sometimes difficult to keep on focused and to keep on track. But I think that just speaks to the very reason why they're hiring a ghost driver. They are very busy people. And so I certainly am respectful of that. But at the same time, there is Steven Pressfield calls it resistance, but there's this thing within all of us that wants to stop us from doing the thing that we need to do. And this is one of the primary things I'm working on with my coaching clients time and time again is just the simple butt in chair practice. And, it you know, I say simple because it, it sounds simple. You know, do the writing, you know, you need to do, you know, as any writer knows, it's sometimes massively challenging to actually follow through with the plans that you set for yourself. And so something I work on really hard with both with my writing clients, my coaching clients, and with my ghostwriting clients is really respecting the time that we're going to be working on that book. With my writing clients, I call it non negotiable writing time. It's the time that they're going to carve out in their day, in their week, into their schedule, that they're going to focus exclusively on their writing and get that writing done. And it's the same way with my Ghostwriting clients. If we have a meeting, if we have a two hour meeting scheduled where we need to go over something in the book, that meeting is going to happen and I'm going to hold my clients accountable to that meeting. They're hiring me to help them out, uh, but part of that process is me making sure that they're doing the things they need to do while I'm doing the things I need to do so that the book can be a success and and can get completed.
1: For many years, I had a sign above my desk that said Bum Glue. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yes. It's an amazing thing. You know, it is so funny that we know what we want to do and we know what we have to do. I mean, ultimately, the craft side of things isn't that difficult. Anyone can learn the craft of writing or the craft of cabinetry or computer programming or anything. Right. I mean, there's some simple skill sets that people can learn if they dedicate themselves to it. But then that's just the beginning. That's the easy part. And the real challenge is actually doing the work. As you said, butt glue, getting your butt glued to that chair and doing the work beyond when it's no longer exciting and new and fun and that moment where it switches over and it becomes work and that's when you go pro that's when you either make the decision okay i'm gonna be a hobbyist and by a hobbyist that means i'm gonna write when i'm inspired or i'm gonna write when i feel like it or i'm gonna write for fun as a recreational activity going pro means writing according to the schedule that you have set for yourself and you know one of the wonderful things about having contracts with clients is that you have a contractually obligated deadline you know you better meet that that's a great motivator to get that button that chair but we all need that deadlines and even if we're not working within a contract whether it's with a publisher or a ghostwriting client or whatever we still need to create contracts with ourselves in terms of what are we trying to achieve and how are we going to get there? And what steps do we need to take to get there? And then actually taking the steps, which is the hardest part of all. It's actually pretty easy to say, hey, I'd love to do this and I should I could probably get there if I did this, and this, and this. It's actually making the thing a reality that's so different and that you really don't know until you do it. I'm sure as a podcaster going into podcasting. You probably thought it was going to be pretty simple, right? You probably thought, you know, you hit record, it's going to be easy. And as I'm sure you, like every other podcaster, including myself, has discovered, there's a lot of behind the scenes complexities that you never even think about when you're first going into the thing or when you're just on the listening side of it.
1: This leads me right into asking you about mistakes that authors make when working with a ghostwriter what are some of the common ones
0: something i would highly recommend this is something with my coaching as well before i hire or before a, a one-on-one coaching client hires me it's funny i almost said i hire them because it's kind of like that you know i have a pretty in-depth interview that i have you know we call it a consultation or whatever with my coaching clients as well with as with my ghostwriting clients where we really get a feel for one another and make sure that it's a right fit. Because working with a ghostwriter really is about collaboration. And sometimes when you're collaborating with someone, there's obvious things you're probably looking for, like professionalism and courtesy and politeness and talent and experience and all these things. But there's also some intangibles. And I know some of my greatest ghostwriting experiences are when I really connect with the author and and you know we've developed friendships and you know uh, some of people who i've worked with as a ghostwriter are now people who i consider really good friends those are the people i want to work with as a ghostwriter and as someone hiring a ghostwriter you absolutely want to make sure that you have that connection that that spark is there that the trust and the friendship is going to grow because you are working collaboratively and even if you're not Doing an interview process, you still need to have the trust and the faith and just want to spend the time with that person. I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of like any hiring process in any business where you need to make sure that the person has the skill set. But then you also have to ask yourself, is this someone, you know, I want to work with every day for the next year or the next 20 years. And so I would caution people from rushing into hiring a ghostwriter. I would say, make sure you at least speak with that person and get a pretty good feel for who they are and where they're coming at and that they share the same values with you and that you connect and then also to touch base with some other people so that you have some comparisons and, and you can get a feel for the person who right for you. For any potential ghostwriters listening to this, I would say the same thing. I think when we're starting a business, there's often this desperation to take any work that we can get. The way you actually build a business and find success is by being really good at what you do and leaving your clients very happy. And how you do your best work is by working with your ideal clients, by working with people who you resonate with. Those would be kind of my advice for someone looking to work with a ghostwriter is really feel the ghostwriter out, get, uh, you know, talk to a couple different ones and look for one that you really connect with because it is a collaborative process. And I would say the same thing to a writer asking about how do I hire an editor or how do I hire a cover designer? You know, you want to look at people who have established histories of doing good work similar to what you want to do, but then talk to them and really see whether you connect with them or not or and whether they're the right person for you. Writer hiring an editor, that editor's job is to make you look good. Right? That editor's job is to take what you've already got and make it even better. And when you're working with a ghostwriter, their job is, again, to make you look good, for you to shine, for your ideas to be communicated in the clearest way possible. And so you want to really be careful that you choose the right person.
1: So that also begs the question. What are some of the questions that an author should be actually asking a ghostwriter?
0: I think testimonials are huge. It's funny. I do so much client work and yet I'm rarely asked for a testimonial. But I mean, I have them all there. You know, like I have a collection of little quotes so that I can drop into sales pages and things. But then I also have those people at the ready. You know, I would love an opportunity to introduce a potential client. To existing client because i do really great work and i leave a trail of really happy clients behind me or you know alongside me they become my friends and so i would certainly ask to to speak to other people who have worked with that ghostwriter so that you can get some feedback from them about what their process is like and how they go about it i think timelines are huge you know timelines are helpful for the ghostwriter and also for yourself And also something in terms of length as well is going to be good. So when you're going in and you're discussing this project initially, it's really challenging for a ghostwriter to estimate how much they're going to charge for the project, how much time they're going to be able to dedicate to the project, when they're going to be able to fit it into your schedule. If you as the author or writer who's looking to hire a ghostwriter don't know for yourself quite what you want to get out of the project. So go into that discussion with the ghostwriter saying, I want to write a 30,000 word, book on kite flying, and I want to have the first draft done in two months, and I want to have a self-published copy ready to go for a conference that I'm going to be attending in five months. You know, that's the sort of thing that a ghostwriter like myself can say, okay, great. You know, I know that I'm about to finish up a book. I have a window where I can dedicate four weeks to this, and I know I can get a draft done this quickly. That's just going to make everything easier for everyone in terms of estimating rates and setting a path forward for how you're going to move forward i think also just getting a sense for how frequently you can be in contact with the ghostwriter is also an important thing you do not want someone who for me i respond within 24 hours and if you know i tell all of my clients if you haven't heard from me within 24 hours on something, something's wrong. (laughs) I'm probably in the hospital, right? You do not want someone who's going to disappear for days at a time. And you want to respect your ghostwriter's time and let them do the work that they need to do. You don't want to be calling them or micromanaging them. But at the same time, you certainly want someone who's there to answer your questions or to bounce ideas off or to touch base with or do a check-in who's readily available. I feel like as a ghostwriter and as well as maybe I, this is a carryover from my coaching work, but I just feel like it's my job to be there for my clients. And yes, I have family and I have kids and I have time that I need to dedicate with them. And I can't be working twenty four hours a day. But at the same time, I feel like any freelancer should be ready to respond, you know, within a business day to one of their clients' inquiries. So I would ask about that as well. You know, of course, ask about what other books they've written as a ghostwriter sometimes it can be hard to market yourself where you know some ghostwriters have negotiated deals with their clients where they can say you know you go to a certain ghostwriter's website and there'll be six books there that they wrote uh, under other people's names but sometimes clients would prefer you keep it quiet and and only reveal that you were the writer you know on a one-on-one basis or whatever so certainly ask them about what books they've written if you can check them out so that you can see if you like them
1: so something I know that you have to be very good at is your time management. You mentioned you've got a family, you have other working commitments. I mean, how do you go about managing your time? Because you do get an enormous amount of work done, but obviously it's you've got to manage that time. So what are some tricks that you use?
0: I'm actually thinking about writing a book about how to find the time to write, because it's a question I get asked a lot of people have the impression that I'm I'm very productive. And so I'm answering that question a lot. I teach a webinar on the topic. And so it's definitely been on my mind because I've been thinking about whether to do a book on it or not. But the only reason I'm a little bit hesitant to do the book is that I really don't want to perpetuate this myth of the person who can do everything, the person who is the perfect dad and has three jobs and writes six books and, and does all these things. I think externally, sometimes people like myself, I'll include myself, can look like we are doing it all, multiple businesses and family and all of that. But the reality behind that, which you don't see, you know, there's this veneer of success, but what you don't see behind the veneer is really, really difficult challenges and sacrifices that get made in order to free up time to do the work that you need to do. And so ultimately, how I find the time to do all the things that I want to do is I make massive sacrifices. I don't watch TV, you know, and and I think there's like this hipster thing of like, oh, I'm too cool for TV. No, I love TV. I wish I could spend the evening sitting on the couch with my wife watching sitcoms. That would be really cool. But I want to achieve things with my life. Certain things like, say, writing novels. And in order to have the time to do that, I simply can't watch TV. It's just part of My life right now, somewhere down the road, maybe I will free up the time to be able to do that. But it's not like I'm doing all this stuff and watching TV and going bowling on the weekend and getting drunk with the guys at the bar. I work really, really hard and I have very little downtime. And, you know, that's not a very, (laughs) you know, sexy answer. It's not something that to package up in a book and to sell. But it's the reality. We all have the same amount of hours in each day and every one of us has to make a decision about where we're going to dedicate our energy and how we're going to spend our time and a lot of the time that involves working when i would rather be spending more time with my kids or relaxing on a beach or whatever and that's just it right i mean that's how you find success in life is you make the difficult choices that other people aren't willing to make and you keep pushing on when life gets tough and when you get tired and when the writing's not fun anymore. I mean, you ask anyone who's produced any amount of work, that's what they're going to tell you. There is no secret productivity button. There's no app that you're going to download and suddenly be able to do twice as much. The real secret to productivity, the secret to finding the right, is making the choice to let go of things that might be more fun so that you can carve out the time to do the things that you you need to do.
1: What a pity. I really thought that there was a magic wand or something. Want to be nice? Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, if you come across it, please let me know because, man, I would love it. I would love it. But I uh, haven't come across it so far.
1: Kevin, have our listeners know how they can get hold of you.
0: My website is www.kevintjohns.com. And you can pop over there. There's my podcast there. There's my blog. You can s- download a free guide called The Novel Writer's Roadmap and get on my email list. And, and I'll send you updates when I have new things to say. And so that's best way. T- that's my home base, best place to find me on the web. But I'm also floating around on all the social media. So you can help me down on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on pinterest i've been using snapchat recently uh, but primarily just my daughter and i they have these cool filters right that make you have a dog face or whatever and my daughter just loves it so <laughs> i haven't been doing much you know networking or marketing on snapchat yet but you know pinterest i say that one if there's a social media i'm on it so uh, you can look me up there but really kevintjohns.com is the best place to find me excellent And if
1: you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget of information, what would that be?
0: My focus recently in in the advice I've been giving is just perseverance, that ultimately sticking with it and pushing through is really going to be how you're going to achieve anything. And whether it's building a business or starting a podcast or writing a book or finding the right ghostwriter – It's the people who don't give up when it gets tough who achieve the things that they want to achieve and see the success that we all hope for. And so I would just urge all your listeners, whatever challenge you're dealing with right now, whether it's self-doubt, you're not able to leverage things the way you would or you're not seeing the momentum or whatever it is that's blocking you or preventing you or holding you back, push through. Don't give up. Believe in yourself. Keep working at it and you're going to get to where you want to be. Eventual.
1: What wise words. Thank you. Thank you so very much for taking precious time out of your day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success.
0: The time is now to take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit BookMarketingMentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit BookMarketingMentors.com. And we'll see you again next week.